What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast. On today's episode, we are continuing. This is part two of 12 Steps of a Better Marriage. And when is that even coming up? Right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. What is up, everybody? Welcome to today's today's awesome, fun episode. Actually, this is a continuation. This is part two of a four-part series. And if you didn't get part one, you're going to need to go back and listen or watch. Okay, so this is part one of 12 Steps of a Better Marriage. Something that Christy and I, if you don't know this, first time ever being part of or being on our podcast, uh, listening or watching, you know that we are recovering alcoholics. And a major part of something that's been a part of what? And it's our second marriage. And it's our second marriage. And a major part of uh, our growth that's been uh, that's impacted everything really is us going through a 12-step program. So what we've done, and which eventually is actually in the process right now of turning into an actual book, is talking about how the 12 steps, and we've actually created an actual 12 steps of how it impacts your marriage. And it's so good. It makes it better. It is pretty darn good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty helpful. It's stuff that we've used over the last 12 years, and that's made a massive, massive difference. Well, because we've had a lot of people and couples that we've coached and everything else, they were like, how did you guys get through? Because if we go back through and just, we didn't have coaches. When him and I were going through the first like five or six years, we haven't didn't have marriage coaches. And we talk about now like how we made it through the first few years, handful of years, like we yeah. shouldn't be together really we there was so much turmoil going on outside of us and a lot of people have said how'd you guys make it through and him and I really sat back and were reflecting and it really had everything to do with him and I both chose personal paths of individual uh recovery and what that was was the progression of the 12 steps you know of admitting where we don't have control and uh We'll dive into Ex- it. Yeah, accepting the responsibilities. And so that's what gave us the idea, like, hey, how can we make this to where the 12 steps can be beneficial for marriages? So that's where we came up with this. And it's awesome. Yeah. And the 12 steps are a direct derivative from the Bible. They actually come from the eight Beatitudes. And so when we do talk about each one of the steps, we talk about the step itself, how it impacts and, and can be implemented into your marriage. But then we talk about the the Bible verse that actually goes along with it, which is the most important part of it, to be honest with you. It's God's word that truly goes into our hearts, goes into our minds, and actually does the massive amounts of change in our lives that we need. So understand this is well connected with the Bible. That's the whole intention of it. God's word is what really truly changes us. So, um, you know, we just want to talk, we want to carry you through it, you know, tell you a little bit about it and uh, tell you about how it's impacted us and in what ways. So be ready to get started. Amen. Amen. I guess that means she's just, she's ready. Okay, so for the very first thing, the very first thing, so step four is what we call responsibility. Responsibility. So reflect on each person's own parts and responsibilities in the relationship. In the Bible verses, right, we have two Bible verses that go along with each one of these. Okay, so first we're going to talk about Lamentations 340. It says, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. And then Matthew 5, 8a, 
says, happy are the pure in heart. Responsibility. So, and that's, this is a really powerful one because you want to reflect on each person's own parts and responsibilities in the relationship. This is good to do together as a couple and have it be a safe space together that you guys each can reflect, not to tell each other what each other's responsibilities are, but to say, Hey, you know, this is my responsibilities in the relationship. This is what I'm going to be responsible for. This is what I'm committing to. And then your spouse can also then do that same thing. And you guys can come together to start talking about that. I mean, Josh and I, I don't even remember what it was now, which is sad, but just recently we were like, we've never, you remember we were talking about something we were, Josh and I truly fight, I would say probably once a year. Okay. And even that is like a debate typically, but it was recent and we were talking about something and you were like, how have we not had this conversation after 12 years? We've never had this conversation before. And I'm like, I don't know. The reason Actually, why we haven't is because I can't even remember what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember. Do you remember? I do. We can't talk about it on air. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now after I started talking about it. I don't know. Oh, she remembered? You remembered it? Yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody. No. <laughs> it's about. Your face is right. It's about intimate things. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> You to share it I should have never brought it up. Ah, that's so Instant funny. foot in mouth. But we seriously, after it. 12 years, it's like you don't think about it. And it was, it's been a constant thing of um, one specific thing. One, we have like every relationship, let's back up. Every relationship has typically one or two or three of the same fights that they have repeatedly. Yeah, the major it seems like overarching thing. <laughs> repeatedly, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. So as you guys grow together and you become healthier and you also, your, your seasons of your relationship change and the way that you communicate, you just get better and better and better. The more that you commit to communicating, Mm -hmm. you can have more open and it's so freeing. I can talk about that now, like with Josh and I, like we sit and we can have the most open debate about any type, any feeling that him and I are having about one particular subject that we're debating on or something, him and I can, well, I feel this, this, and this, and nothing's off limits. Like we can say our true feelings about it and the other person listens and we want to hear, I want to hear his true feelings because that's the only way that you're going to get better. And it's those things that keep our relationship, any relationship at a stalemate. If you have these thoughts that are going through your head and you feel like I could never say those out loud to my spouse, those are the things that need to get out. Those are the things that you and your spouse need to talk about. You need to talk about the embarrassing things. You need to talk about the hard things. And your relationship just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And you get healthier and healthier and healthier. It's actually really good. Yeah, and go back right into kind of the responsibility portion of it. And it's kind of funny. I mean, she probably won't even remember this. She might, though. In the I beginning, will. more towards the beginning of more towards the beginning of our relationship, I remember we finally got to a point to where it's like all we were doing was finger pointing. Like, you should be doing this. This is something you need to be doing. This is a responsibility you should be taking and all, all these things. And finally, we got to a point where we're like, okay, we're not getting anywhere. And it's like, okay, we made a pact. Like, no more. We're not going to tell each other what we're supposed to do. No more of these finger pointing things. And it got, and I remember because it was like, I thought it was her doing it all the time. And then when we made this pact, I realized that was a major part of my conversation of like, I tried to put on her, her responsibilities. And I didn't really realize that I was doing it until I decided we decided to stop doing it. 
And in doing that though, it put me in a position to now say, okay, I'm actually just gonna, all I can talk about right now is the things I'm gonna take responsibility for. Because I wanna talk about responsibility. I don't remember it. No, I know you don't remember <laughs> it. I know, I didn't think you did, but we got to a point where like, in the beginning we had, we couldn't even discuss things in person anymore because it was all finger pointing. And we had to then go to email. We talked about this recently. Yeah, and email got to be, okay, now I can take a minute and respond with this. And instead of being emotional responding and not taking any responsibility, just wanting to be like, instead of doing that, it allowed us to have a little bit of space and then start taking some responsibility. And in the beginning, it was like, oh, I'm going to take the most responsibility. I'm just going to take it all. Like, and this was in the first like six months of our relationship. It was. It was in the very beginning. Yeah. But, but where this birthed from, this whole step, the step four, is understanding the power and that responsibility. It's hard in the beginning, especially if you're not used to doing it in your marriage. If you're used to just grinding it out and finger pointing like crazy. You're like, I'll things. take responsibility as soon as you take responsibility. Right. You know, that's... Or you never take responsibility, <laughs> so I'm not I'm ever not taking it anymore. Right. And that becomes a game and nothing ever changes. I am not the relationship donkey. Right. That's just going to take all the baggage and just walk on. Because that happens. And let's yeah. be honest, that's sometimes that's what happens. Guys usually shut down, right? Guy will shut down. He's like, I'm not even getting involved in that anymore. And then the wife feels like she's taking all the responsibility or she is taking all the responsibility. One over those. Or the guy shut two. down because the wife is constantly nagging. And that's. And there's no healthy communication going on. So right. then she's constantly nitpicking, treating him like he's another child. He's acting like another child. So then he shuts down and she's being motherly and and he'll just... feel like his shutting down he'll feel like and i can say this from a guy's standpoint that that's he's just taking responsibility for it like well, it's just whatever it finds my fault it's always my fault it's fine and i know i played that game for a while right played that game for a while like it's always my fault always and that's not true responsibility right Ooh, that's man. not that <laughs> get you good yes <laughs> oh i would try to talk to him about something oh yeah it's always my fault because I feel like his fingers are always like, right? And that's just the way it feels. But we have to understand the power in this is reflecting on our own responsibilities. And it takes time, right? We're not like that anymore. We don't do those things anymore. It took right? 12 years. It's, <laughs> right. We just stopped doing it last week. <laughs> right. So number four, right, is responsibility, right? Reflect on each person's own part and responsibilities in the relationship. And Christy says it so powerfully. Like, we need to do this on our own, and then we need to do this together. Yeah. Do this together, right? So that's step number four. Step number five. I kind of bounced into it. A little bit already. Transparency? Yeah. Be uh, honest with each other about everything. Finances, feelings, family, and more. And it all basically comes back to feelings, I think. Because we have internal feelings. We'll get to the verses in a minute. We, we all have internal feelings about our finances, about family, about the stepkids, about friends, about we all have feelings and expectations about those and being transparent in it and taking responsibility for your feelings of those and communicating with that transparently will be better. After I read the verses, I actually have something to say to that because I think it's important. Okay, so the two Bible verses, number one is James 5, 16a. It says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And then the second verse is Matthew 5, 8a. It says, happy are the pure in heart. So transparency, right? So you see, she listed the actual uh, step in this one, right? Be honest with each other about everything, finances, feelings, family, and more. Why this is so important in marriage, not just about your feelings, 
but about finances. How often in marriage, how easy is it in marriage to not be 100% transparent about the finances, right? One of them, one person, either at one time or the other, or typically all the time, one person is super strict with the money and the other person is super loose. So the person that's super loose is probably a little bit more not honest or untruth, uh, omitting, they just omit. Yeah, they omit, that's a good word, right? So they omit things, right? Which is not transparency. And I guarantee 100% of the time, eventually that's gonna catch up, right? It's going to catch up. You have to be willing to be transparent fully about your finances, your feelings, which means if my feelings are hurt or if I have a feeling about something, being able to have a healthy conversation with my spouse and family, Right? Mm -hmm. How do I feel about the kids, especially in second marriage? Mm -hmm. Right? And being able to talk about those things and then more. The transparency thing is the big one. And it all comes back to me. It all comes back to the safety factor. Like you guys both have to let your guards down. Josh and I had to let our guards down to be able to sit and talk and me not get offended by what he feels. That was a big thing for him and I is he opened that up for me when he'd be like, okay, I understand that the what you're saying, Christy, but these are my feelings and I am allowed to feel this way. And as soon as I switched my thought pattern in my head to, okay, yeah, he is allowed to feel that way. Why does he feel that way? And makes me want to understand more of why he's, why he feels that way, how he feels that way, mm -hmm. how I could possibly be making it to he feels that way. I don't want him to feel that way. So how could I change up maybe my approach at it? So he doesn't feel that way, but I still am being heard and my points getting mm -hmm. across. It becomes more of a collaboration than, you know, a all out war. You guys are collaborating together to figure out how you can be most successful transparently with communicating with one another. And it's such a freeing feeling. It is so freeing to when you can sit down and honestly argue with one another, honestly, in a safe place where you're not just constantly going to get in this loop of just pointing a finger and you're going nowhere, right? It's like you're running in quicksand. You're going nowhere and you're just frustrated. You're spent. All your energy is gone. And you've made no headway at all. That is frustrating in any, any, any relationship. So that that starts key. Being transparent, but allowing your spouse to be transparent yeah. and not be like, oh, yeah, they're going to be transparent. And then I'm going to, women, store all this as ammunition for five months from now when something comes up. I can be like, <laughs> Adam, like that's not that's not what it's about. It's about getting it all out. We say laying everything at the feet of the cross, at the mm. feet of Jesus. Jesus already knows. Laying it all out because that's where healings come. That's the way, that's how freeing your relationship could be. God wants your marriage to just be all out there. Like just, just talk with one another, lay it all out and work on it and collaborate together. And a lot of times in marriage with transparency, it's hard because maybe you haven't been that open and honest about something. And now you feel like, okay, we've been together for seven years, 10 years, 12, 15 years, and I haven't really been this open and honest about my feelings. Okay. It's time to figure out a way to slowly start having these healthy conversations. Yeah. You can be more transparent in other things to start being able to have these other types of conversations. So then you can lead into the big thing, whatever it is, because there's nothing like having a part of you that feels like it's not connected to your spouse. Transparency is what prevents that from happening. There is intimacy that happens when you are transparent with your partner, when mm. you feel like I have nothing to hide, 
right? My day is clear. Like, you know how I feel about this already. I know how you feel about it. We've already discussed it a thousand times and we're just like, okay, we agree to disagree on this, but we're transparent about it. Mm -hmm. We're not here to sit and argue and fight about it every day. We're here to talk about it. We're here to work through it, but I'm not going to hide the way that I feel or think or whatever else it is. You know, I want to go hunting with my buddies or I want to go do something fun and I don't want, you know, I, my wife know, doesn't thinks it's selfish when I do those things. Have those open and honest conversations with your spouse. You know, it's hard to do, but you have to come to some type of level understanding of that. Transparency is so key. It is. Transparency is a major part of growth in general. It's a part of recovery, something that we have found in recovery, being open and honest about the things that we've suffered with in the past. You know, it's it's unbelievable when you wear that on the outside of you, uh, but the inside of you, the amount of healing that happens, mm -hmm. transparency. So that's number five, number five. All right, so number six is Christy's favorite word. It is actually now. She loves this word. I like it because it makes people cringe so much. And of course, I'm just like, yeah. Because it's not the woman's favorite word in marriage. No, but if it makes you cringe, that should tell you that's where the work needs to be done. And oh, that's snap. Why, Hashtag. That's why I like this word now because. Submit. Yep. It's a good one. So pray together to God and submit your marriage over to him and remove marital, marital deficiencies. I was going to say deficiencies. And Don't I'm do like, that. <laughs> yeah, you can move that too. <laughs> That's not the right word. <laughs> That's Rarely. not the right word. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. James 4.10. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. Matthew 5.6a is the Bible mm. verses that go with this. And I think this is important because submit is uh, a nasty word to some people, but I truly, truly believe that in life, if something makes you cringe, a word makes you cringe, or a specific personality makes you cringe, that should give you a red flag of work that you need to do inside yourself. Mm -hmm. And if the word submit makes you be like, Ugh, then that means you have some work to do on your heart because God wants us to give our hearts over to him, our lives over to him to be sacrificial. And that is what submitting is. It's being sacrificial. It's living sacrificially mm. and living a life of service and just laying it all out. Like I've talked about. And if we want to submit our lives to God, then as wives, we're going to submit ourselves to our husband's leadership. It's not to men. It's to our husband's leadership and God has ordained him and is calling him to lead the family. It's our job to help him, support him, and push him up to that level where God wants him to be and be there to have his back and be a, a huge, huge, huge backbone for him. When they have so much weight on their shoulders, they have so much responsibility. God has designed them to bear that and to feel that weight. Mm. And then to also help us because women, we tend to like, we take care of the family and take care of the kids and take care of all these things. It's their job to lead the family and to take on the burden of that. So it's their job to actually relieve us women of the responsibilities that we put on ourselves. And that's the whole submit thing. It's a give and take in a relationship. Yeah. And the thing is with submit, it's a process, right? So we have to understand that ultimately God's saying submit to me, right? God's saying submit yes. to me. Yeah. And if we're not learning how to submit ourselves to Christ first, the rest of it's 
an uphill battle. It's yeah. super hard to do. Your heart isn't convicted of yeah. it. You don't you don't find it to be natural. You your flesh it, will win. Your flesh will win. That's so good. Your flesh will win. Once we learn to understand the power in submitting ourselves to Christ first and foremost, no Amen. matter whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're married, it doesn't matter. If you have to do that so first, true. and then you understand that submitting to him is submitting to his word. Preach it. <laughs> submitting to his word says, this isn't about the way that I feel. Right. This yeah. isn't about my feelings. This is about what God's asking me to do. And then in that process, we then say, okay, am I willing to submit to my husband? Am I willing to submit to my wife in the way that God's asking me to do? And what does that look like? Love me God sacrificially. To, I have to love her sacrificially, right? Like, like the church loved Jesus. And that's what we have to understand that, right? And I've said it before, like Jesus loved the church sacrificially with everything that he had. He died for the church, died for us, right? But the church didn't live sacrificially for him. And we have to understand that sometimes marriage is hard. It's tough, right? And not always is it going to be reciprocal. It's not always going to be easy. Like, oh, my wife submits to me and it makes my life so much easier. Now I can submit. Now I can put myself in a place of submission to be able to honor her in the way that she needs to be. No, it doesn't work that way. We submit to God. We submit to his word, which means we follow his word. And then when we do that, we honor him and we honor our marriage in doing so. And nobody's saying it's easy to do. It's Let me hard. repeat that for those in the back, because my husband said this to me once, and I was like, whoa, that is good. Men are called to love their wives. The husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Christ always loved the church. There was never a question that Christ loved the church. Did the church always love Christ back? The wives would be the church in this instance. No. Yeah. And so that is a lot of responsibility that the Bible, God, is calling the men yeah. to step up and take on. Mm -hmm. So we, as the helper and the person that is supposed to allow our husbands to take that leadership, should be willing to allow him to be successful and want him to be successful under that, yeah. you know, responsibility. Yeah. And it needs to get looked at that way. And a lot of times we want to read things in the Bible and say, oh, yeah, I agree with this and this and this, but I'm not going to make myself be convicted or allow this Holy Spirit to convict me over this because I just I don't want to work on that. And that's your flesh. So that's why I think it's so important that God, that God, Josh, that Josh is saying that we should submit to God first because yeah. it is a constant inner turmoil of a battle between our flesh and the Holy Spirit. Our flesh wants to go against authority. It wants to have pleasures in the moment. Stick up it for ourselves. It wants to do what we want. It wants to be selfish, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have the Bible because if you, you look at it and follow it, and you start seeing the blessings in your life after you're submitting your things over to God and living your life, you know, as sacrificially as possible. But the difference, the peace that you have, you know, because of that. Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, as the further my marriage goes, the more time goes on, the more that I find joy in honoring God's wishes in my marriage. Amen. You know, I do. I honestly do. Like, I don't look at like, what can Christy do for me? What can she give me? What can she do? Christy does way too much for me as it is. Way too much. And I don't find the joy in what she does for me, even though I do find joy in that. But the ultimate joy is really like, I love serving my wife. I love honoring my wife in the way that God's asking me to. I love loving her sacrificially. I want her to know that I'm giving a piece of myself to love her. I want her to know that there are scars on my back 
every day that I am shielding the world in certain ways and certain people from her to, to let her know that she's safe because of me. Like, it's important to me that she knows that, like, no matter what. I mean, my wife will tell you jokingly, like, she she's like, I will shank somebody for you, you know, and that's a, a running joke, you know, and it is funny, but she knows for a fact I would do anything, anything to help protect her. And I will love her in the greatest way that I know how. And she doesn't question that. Oh. And I love that. He would love me even when I shanked somebody. I would love her more <laughs> if she shanked certain people. I mean, there's always a lot of fun in that. But the point is, is there's such wonderful things that come from submission. We take it as something dirty because our relationship is unhealthy at the time. Mm -hmm. So if we follow the order of way that God's telling us to submit, is that we don't just jump right into submitting to our spouse. We have to work the process. We have to submit to God. Are we really truly, is our relationship with God strong enough? Is it healthy? And then we need to make sure that we're submitting to his word and our word calls us to submit to our spouse in a special way. And, and this is easy. And this is how you walk through it, though. Part of walking through it is being transparent and taking responsibility. So if you want to sit down and say, I'm not submitting to my husband, you need to then be willing to ask yourself why that is. And then you need to be able to do some self-reflection. And then you and your spouse should be able to sit down and you should say, I don't feel safe being submissive to you. I want to be submissive to you, but I don't feel like I can because I feel like you will abuse your power and I feel like you'll abuse it in this yeah. way, this way, this way. And then the that's then the husband can come back and do self-reflection and that's an open communication about it that's only going to make your relationship healthier yeah. and it's going to have deeper roots in God and the Bible. Decide at that time to pray together to have God help change you guys' hearts about it. I mean, the whole thing can be so fruitful if you approach it at that level. Ask yourself the next question. I'm not going to be submissive to my husband. Well, why? Why aren't you? Yeah. And it's honest. Is it because you're being stubborn and selfish and doing things that your husband, you know, you're hiding things from him, all these things? Or is it because you're scared to be submissive to your husband and have that conversation with them? And that it's really important that we say this, right? So you have to understand the way the 12 steps work, right? You can't cherry pick the step that you like. You can't skip steps to get to the one that's I wish easier, you could. right? And you have to understand that even before you jump into a 12 step anything, right? Yeah. This is 12 steps to a better marriage. If we want a better marriage, we have to, before we even begin on step one, we have to have a willingness, right? A willingness that we're going to do what it takes to have a better marriage. And that means hey, I'm, I want to do these things. Like whatever the 12 steps are, I'm not going to pick the ones that I like or, you know, try to poke holes in the things that I don't like about them. I'm taking these on and I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever it's telling me to do. That's how we recover. That's how God has designed the eight Beatitudes is for us to take on and apply to our lives. And that's why we want to put this into a 12 steps that makes you to put you in a position really to have a better marriage. And it's really important that you understand that. So as way of review for tonight, right before, as we close is step four, step four is responsibility. Mm -hmm. You want to read it? Reflect on each person's own part slash responsibilities in the relationship. All right. And then number five, step number five is transparency. Be honest with each other about everything, finances, feelings, family, and more, yep. which is encompassing of everything. And then step number six is submit. Pray together to God and submit your marriage over to him and remove marital 
deficiencies. That's right. That's right. So that is, we are through six, step six, step one, two, and three. If you haven't been able to see the other three, it was two episodes ago. So last week we had an interview and the week before is when you can go catch the first three. So I would suggest it, right? Watch the third or the first one so you can catch the first three steps. This one has the next three. And then our next episode, if it doesn't happen next week, which it should, Mm -hmm. if not, the next one will be the following three. So seven, eight, and nine. Seven, eight, and nine. Just in case you need help with the counting. Right. Count put numbers on the screen. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Do you have any final parting words before we leave? No. Okay. Act like a fetus. Whoa. That's not, his saying. I didn't say that. She Just says can't. it all the time. I, not, not, not on air, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> on air, I don't. Thank you guys so much for being here. So much, so much, so much. Next week, 7 p.m. Eastern. We will be live. We'll see you then. Bye.